Today's daf is Ksubis daf tzadikei, and we are on the Mishnah on daf tzadikei and Aleph. So just before we start, yesterday the Gemara mentioned the halacha of Abayi Kashisha regarding Haboli Pora Minechse Yisoyimim Le'yipore Ela B'Shvuot. That's something that we've had a lot in the second half of the Sechtes Ksubis. And the Gemara mentioned that Abayi Kashisha said that Yisoyimim She'amru G'doylem V'in Sarachloim Rektanim. That this halacha of Aboli Pora Minechse Yisoyimim is Lav Davki Yisoyimim K'tanim. But it would apply even for Yisoyimim G'doylem. And in one of the suggestions of the Gemara, the Gemara said it could be that's the Machloikis, Benanis and the Chachamim and our Mishnah, whether in fact Abaye Kashish is right that Aboli Parim and Achse Yisoyimim, like Tipar El is true even for Yisoyimim G'doylem. We mentioned a week or two ago the Chiddush of the Chinuch. The Chinuch says, Sefer HaChinuch, that the reason Aboli Parim and Achse Yisoyimim, is because it says in the Torah, and the Lashon HaChinuch is that from there we learn that a person has to be careful with the way he conducts himself with the Yosem and Amona. He has to speak with him a certain way. He has to have certain midos towards him. And one of the things the Chinuch says is, that a person should be more sensitive to the Mamoin of a Yosem and an Amana, even more so than he is for his own money. That's not something we find by anybody else. Why Dafka Yosem and Amana? The reason is because there's a halacha that's included in the Pasuk of the Torah, we mentioned that the Mechizchinuch says, Dinzet Sorech Ion. He says the din is, it's, it's half of a fellow. What a shvera halacha this chinuch is. Because if that's true, that the reason Habali Parvanachsi Yisoyimim is because of some Yeridea type iser of Kalamana Vyasim Loisa Anun, then Imkain Havalon Loima Gamkin Balmana. The Allah should be true by Alamana as well. Because the same Pasik that says Loisa Anun by a Yasim says Loisa Anun by an Almana. So if included in that is this halacha, then why is this halacha true only by a Yasim, not in an Almana? And then the Menchus Chinuch adds, he says that not just that, we find that the halacha of Kalabali part of an is true even if the Yasim is a Godol. What does the Menchus Chinuch mean to say? And it doesn't make sense then that it should be Usr because of Kalabman of a Yasim because if that's the case, it would make more sense if they were Ketanim. But even Gedolim, even Skenim, meaning if the reason Abali Parvin Echsi Yisoyimim is the more conventional Pshat, it's a Cheshem Mishpat Halacha, the Yisoyimim don't really know whether the, their father paid this Chayv, so now you're coming to the Yasim, so swear that you never received payment. The woman has to swear that she never got payment for a ksuba, because how did the Yisoyimim know that the father never paid the ksuba b'chayav? But if it's more of a halach of kalamon of Yosem, number one, it should apply to Alamona. And number two, why gedolim? Why is a kenim? Why is Abayi Kishisha right? Allah is like Abayi Kishisha. So why is Abayi Kishisha right? So they say, Maris, I believe you see a chiddush in the Minchas Chinuch. When the Torah says, kalamon of Yosem, up until what age is somebody considered a Yosem? Someone is 80 years old. He lost both of his parents. Is he considered a Yasim at that point? That if somebody chepes him, there's an Isser of Kalaman of a Yasim Anon. So is it Tolu totally and Katan? It's Tolu totally and Gadol? Even a Gadol, maybe once he's married. What? 
point, what's the cutoff at which point a person is no longer considered a Yosem? From the Minchas Chinuch's Kasha, it would seem that the Minchas Chinuch felt that a Gadol and certainly a Zokin would no longer have the halachic status of a Yosem. This is something that obviously we would have to look into a little bit better, but just from the way the Minchas Chinuch asks the Kasha, that if it's a Chayisha Mishpat, the Halacha, I understand why it should apply even for a Gadol. But if it's based on the Halacha of Kalaman of Yosem, how could Abayi Kashisha be right? Just some interesting food for thought. On that note, the Mishnah. Misha Yonasi Beis Nashim. Somebody was married to two wives. Again, it's Perak Misha Yonasi, and the Mishnah finishes with a bang. Again, another halacha of Misha Yonasi Shtei Nashim. Somebody was married to two wives. Umachar Es Sodeo. Now, because he has two wives, his fields are now encumbered towards the lean that his wives have for their ksuba, and he sold his field. The wife whose ksuba is dated earlier wrote on a piece of paper to the lekeach who bought the field, along the theme of Perak HaKoysev, I'm being mesalic myself from the schus that I have at some point when my ksuba vests to go and take the field away from you. So what's the halacha? So when the husband dies, and both women now want to collect the ksuba, so theoretically, the one whose ksuba is dated earlier has a schos when it comes to taking fields away from the Mishubadim. That was the first halacha in our parak. However, in this case, the Rishayna was misalik herself from that schos that she had to be able to take the field away from the Lekuchas. So who then can go now to the Lekuchas and take the field away? It's Ashniya. It's Ashniya Moitziya Mehalekech. It's only the Shniya that's able to take the field, not the Rishayna. However, it says the Mishnah Chiddush that after the Shniya is going to take the field away from the Lekeach, after Hal Kapir, the Rishayna Min Ashniya, the first wife's going to be able to take the field from the and the reason is because although the Rishayna was Masalik herself, she was only Masalik herself from her rights to collect the field from the Lekeach. But she was never Masalik herself from the Shibu that she had on that field. So as long as it's at the hands of the Lekeach, she cannot go to the Lekeach because that she was Masalik herself from. But the field itself is still Meshubit to her. So if the field is no longer going to be in the Rishos of the Lekeach, now it's in the Rishos of the second wife, she has a right because that field is Meshubit to her more than it's Meshubit to the second wife, she can go to the second wife and take it away from her. However, what happens once the Loikeach is going to take the field? What's going to happen? What, what happens once the first wife takes the field from the second wife? Now the Loikeach is going to go to the first wife and going to take the field away. Because they already have an agreement between the two of them that if it's between me and you, the Loikeach is going to get it, not the first wife. So the Loikeach, once the Loikeach gets it, the second wife is going to take it from the Loikeach. Once the second wife has it, the first wife is going to take it from the second wife. Once the first wife has it again, the Lekech is going to take it from the first wife, and we can go on all day. And that's what the Mishnah says, the Chayzeres Chalilo. And this goes on and on and on. Ad Sheyasu Pesharev And they're going to have no choice but to sit together, and they're going to have to come up with some sort of settlement, some sort of Pshara, in order to figure out what in the world to do with this field. But from a pure Chesha Mishpat perspective, this is a loophole. This fell through the cracks. There's no way really for us to figure out what to do with this simply because of this Cheshbin of Chayzeres Chalib. The same would be true in the case where there was a Balchayv, the Chayn Isha Balaschayv, so too if the woman was a Balaschayv. And what that means, that's the last Gemara here in the parak. We'll see that on the base. Says the Gemara of the Chikas Mishnah starts with a case where there was a man that was married to two wives. 
the ksubas were dated differently. Naturally, the one whose ksuba is dated earlier from a Nechassim Meshubadim perspective has a kedima over the one whose ksuba is dated later. He had a field that was Meshubah to both of these ksubas. He sold the field, and the first wife wrote a shtar siluk. She wrote, Dinu dvarim ein li'imach. So says the Mishnah, the siluk works. Therefore, she, the one who has the ksuba Rishayna, cannot be moitzi from the Lekuchas. It's the Shniya that's moitzi from the Lekuchas, and the Rishayna goes to the Shniya. The Chazer is Chalila. But the Gemara asks Akash on the whole premise of the Mishnah. How does this shtar siluk even work? We had this right in the beginning of Parakakos. If you have two shutfim in a field, and one shutif writes to the other shutif, says the Mishnah, or the Brisa, that although it looks a little bit like the shutif is relinquishing his rights to this field, that's not the way we interpret what he said. From a Cheshav Mishpat standpoint, that's not our interpretation. What then is our interpretation? He meant to say, Halavai, I never owned this field, and the liabilities that have come along with it. But it's more a Lashen Tefillah then it is a Lush and Tziluk from a Chesh and Mishpat standpoint. The Gemara's Kash is, why do we interpret this woman's Tziluk of Dinu Dvarim Enli Imach any differently than we do the Tziluk of the two Shotvim? Says the Gemara, it's different. Here it's talking about where they took the Yamaka, they picked it up, they picked it down, they did a Kenyan. Oh, she made a Kenyan when she was Masalak herself. That shows that it's not just a Tfilah, that it's real, and therefore the Tziluk works. But the Gemara asks, if she made a Kenyan, it still shouldn't work. Why? Tema. She should say, that although it looks like I was Masalak myself from the fi- my field, the reason I did it was simply to make my husband happy. We learned in a Mishnah. We learned in a Mishnah. A Mishnah, Mesech des Gittin, Lokach Ish. If somebody buys a piece of property from a married man, he knows that this piece of property has, is encumbered to the wife because she has an outstanding ksuba. And the ksuba gives her a lien on that land. So what he does is he's smart. He doesn't want that one day she's going to collect her ksuba, maybe take the ksuba or this field away from her him, and he's going to lose his field. So he went over to her, and he made a side deal with her. He said, I'll give you a certain amount of money for you to relinquish your schus that you have and being able to be tired of this field for me at some later date. This is a very smart man. So, he bought this option away. It's a legitimate transaction. Although what he did should be legitimate, it doesn't work. The reason is, it's not because he can't do a deal like that, but simply because she could always say that I really never wanted to sell it. It was not my intent to ever sell it. The only reason I sold it was is because I wanted my husband to feel good, that it should look like I'm agreeing with the deal that he did. We'll see more about that in a moment. But the point is, is that being that she's a married husband and she's doing something that's just go- married wife, and she's doing something, married woman, and she's doing something simply to appease her husband from a Cheshemishpat standpoint. We look at it as an umdin de muchach, that she never really meant to do it, and she's only doing it simply to appease her husband. So, asks the Gemara, why don't we say in our Mishnah the same thing, that Nachas Ruchas Izzi that Although she was masalic herself from being able to be tariff in the Lekeach that her husband sold the field to, she only did it. So the husband shouldn't think that 
she's not masking to the transaction. It's not a stira. Meaning, on our Mishnah, it would seem that you don't say Nachas Rochas Yisri Levayli. The Mishnah Masech does get in its Mephurish that you do say Nachas Rochas Yisri Levayli. Isn't that a stira? So Chizda said it is, but it's not a kasha because Harameh Harav Yehuda, the two Mishnayasin are going according to two different Tannah. Time we went to the Brides of Kasav, a man sold this field to someone and he asked his wife, would you like to sign the Shtar Mechira? Now the purpose of her signing the Shtar Mechira would just, it, it wouldn't be necessary from a Chesha Mishpat standpoint, but it would just show that she's masking to the transaction. She says, no, I'm not interested in signing. I guess because she wasn't masking, because she wants this field to be around, so she should be able to collect Uksuba at some point. Lashani, then he sold another field to somebody else, Vichas Maloy, and that time she did sign it. So the halacha is, Ivda Ksubasa. She can no longer collect her ksuba from the Lekeach Sheni, although that field was technically Meshubit her ksuba, because once she signs the Shtar, it shows that she's masking to the Mechira, and she's somehow giving up her rights to later be able to collect. She could always say that I never really meant to be Mesalik myself. I, it looks like it. Why else did I sign? My husband asked me to sign, so I signed. What do you want from my life? But either way, it's my Chalik's Yehuda. Whether you say, so you're going to answer a stira between two Mishnah Mishnayas. One's Rameyer, one's Rabbi Yehuda. Why would Rebbe, one place, make a Stam Mishnah like Rameyer, the Stam Mishnah is ordinarily like, and another place have a Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda? So the is not comfortable with it. It's Amr Apapa. Apapa said, based on that, you have to say, that really, Rebbe held like Rabbi Yehuda. And that's why in the Mishnah is Gittin, when the husband buys a, when the, like, Keach buys a field from the husband, and he gives the wife a few extra dollars for her to give up her schos to be tarried from the Mishubadim, it doesn't work. Why? Because she could always say, how come in our Mishnah we don't say that? In our Mishnah, where he sold his field, and she was Masalik herself, she cannot go back to the Lekeach, the Siluk works, say, the Teretz is, in our Mishnah, when she was Masalik herself, she was divorced already. This happened after she was divorced. Once she's divorced, there's no nachas ruach azizilabayli. Nachas ruach azizilabayli is when you're living together happily. But if she's already a grusha, then there's no svar of nachas ruach azizilabayli. Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi does a different type. It's cool, Rameyer, really the whole Mishnah is going according to Rameyer. Rameyer holds that you don't say nachas ruach azizilabayli. V'ad kan le'kam Rameyer hasam. When did Rameyer say that you don't say nachas ruach azizilabayli? Ela b'shnei l'kuchais. Afka over there where there were two l'kuchais. A very pashta svara. The Amri law, we say, right, the husband sold two fields. The first time he went over to said, would you like to sign? And she said, no. Then he went over to her again. The second time he sold the field, would you like to sign? Then she said, yeah. So she can't say now the second time, oh, really, I wasn't going to sign. The reason I signed was because really, if you're that kind of wife that you want to please your husband, why didn't you sign the first time? Now, you could argue, maybe she learned a lesson from not signing the first time. But either way, that's the taina, and you lose the umdina de muchach of nachas ruach and that's why it does work. If there'd be one like that even Rameir would be moida, and therefore that stam mishnah masech Gittin that says you do say nachas ruachas yisrael about could be rameir. I rameir clearly holds you don't say nachas ruachas yisrael about. Yeah, that's when there's two 
situations. Two transactions, but one transaction there you do. And going back to our Mishnah, where it's Mavur, that you don't say Nachas Rochas Yisrael the cause of Leila Achat. It's talking about where this happened twice. Our Mishnah was the second time it happened. It had happened previously and she wasn't Masalik herself. Then the second time she was Masalik herself. So to say now, Nachas Rochas Yisrael it's Rameyer's Taina, that if really that's what your Kivun was, then you should have done it the first time. Regarding the Svara of Nachas Ruach Hasisi Lubayli, I saw a nice lotion in the Shita Mekubetzes. Nachas Ruach Hasisi Lubayli, Kaloymar, she could say, Yechoyloloymar, lo yecholti lispal tarumay shal bayli. Shehoyoloyolai. I just know that if I don't agree to this transaction, my husband is just going to drive me crazy for the rest of my life. Lo yecholti lispal tarumay shal bayli. Shehoyoloyolai. Em loyho yisi moite b'mechirasi. I just made a very practical cheshman. I'm asking, I'll sign it. Whatever you want, I'm doing it. Deep down, is this something I'm asking to? Absolutely not. I know one day I'm going to need a ksuba. I'm going to need it to live. I want to be able to collect my ksuba. But it's just a And although she says, I wasn't moisim moida, I didn't make a whole situation that, although I'm signing, I already moisim moida, like we do right by Taras and Dorim, that any nedda that I make, she wasn't moisim moida, but still, kemisha mosarti domi, kitei shaloi, yivoda lebaili, v'yoymeli einechon asata begerishinu b'misen. The Rabin, this is Rabin Yonison that the Shittim Mugwetz is quoting, he just adds one piece that the reason the husband will be so disappointed because if she's not masking to sign, I mean, she's thinking about her ksuba. And why is, she, why is a married woman walking around thinking about her ksuba? So this is like the whole prenup thing that happens before marriage. You're about to get happily married and you're ready to sit, you have attorneys and you spend six months negotiating what happens when you're not married anymore. You're really starting the marriage on the wrong foot. But either way, it is a svara of, she knows my husband's going to be annoyed why am I thinking about ksuba. I should have had better the attitude. Ah, we're living together happily till we're 120. So by her not doing that, it could create a shalom bias issue. And either way, that's the svar of Nachzur Hasisi Lubayla. I just saw the Sha'arim Mitzvahim Bahalacha, as he often does. He just adds, he says that it's, it's Yitokhin, that this takon is in line with the many takonas you find throughout Chazal, where Chazal made takonas Mishum Eva, Umipnei Dark Yisholim. Again, you see, there's a Dark Yisholim component to Nachzur Hasisi Lubayla, that by allowing this to fly, we are then enhancing or preventing shalom bias issues, which is something that Chazal were very, very sensitive to. And it's for that reason that they allowed this umdana demuchach of nachas rochas even to undo what would seem to be a very straightforward financial transaction. It says the Mishnah Mishnah. So for example, a woman who's coming to collect her ksuba, so any field that her husband owned at the time that he got married is Mishubit her ksuba. Technically, if he then sells the field, she can go collect the field from the Mishubadim. So we've been learning it in the context of ksubas. But it's true in Bava Metziah, in Bava Basra, in Bava Kamla, it's true throughout Hilchas Nezikin as well, that anytime you have a Balchayv, someone who lends somebody money, if the loyva owned the field at the time that he borrowed the money and he subsequently sold it, the halacha is the malva can go to the Mishubadim and collect the value of his loan. But the Mishnah says, that you cannot collect if there are B'nei meaning the only time the woman can go to the Lekuchayv or the malva can go to the Lekuchayv is if there's nothing Be'en to collect from. But if you have what's called B'nei Chayrin, fields that are right now in the possession of the loyva or in the possession of the husband or the yisoyimim, so then you cannot go to the lekuchos to collect the chayv. And the Mishnah says, even if there is a meaning the halacha is that a bachayv 
has a right to collect from Beninus. Right? Somebody, Reuven lends Shimon $100. Reuven owes Shimon $100. Comes time to pay up the Chayev, so Shimon tells Reuven, come here, I'm going to pay you the $100. Now he had food or fields, and some fields were better than others, just better quality. So you can't say that the Loiva can give the Malva $100 worth of property, irregardless of whether it's Class A property or Class B. It doesn't work that way. There's different levels. And Chazal looked at it as Idias, which is the best, Beninus, which is in between, and Ziburis, which is the worst. So Balchoyv always has to pay Minha Beninus. So what happens if the Balchoyv doesn't have Beninus? All he has is Ziburis. However, he had Beninus. Beninus that was Meshubit, to the Chayv of the Malva. So could the Malva say, I want Beninus, so I'd rather be tired from the Lekuchah's Beninus, because although you can pay up the Chayv, and there is Bnei Chayri, but you're giving me Ziburis. So that's the Mishnah. Ene from Nechasim Meshubadim, B'mokoyim sheyesh Nechasim Bnei Chayrin, V'afilu hain Ziburis. Even if the Bnei Chayrin is Ziburis, it doesn't matter, the Be- Loiva, or the Malva has to take the Bnei Chayrin Ziburis, and he cannot be tired Beninus from a from the Meshubadim. What if there's no Bnei Chayri at all? In other words, what happens if at the time that the Loiva sold the property that was Meshubit to the Malva, he had other properties. So that the Lekuchais, they came to the Loiva and they asked him, um, you know, we'd like to buy your field. Before you buy your field, they did a title search. They found out, oh, there's an outstanding loan. He owes somebody $10,000. But they also saw that he had $100,000 worth of property. So they didn't have a problem buying $10,000 worth of property from him because they know that when it comes time to pay the chayv, you'll have the b'nei chayri to pay off from him. And that's the Mishnah. Afterwards, however, at the time that the Malva came to actually be goy the chayv, all the b'nei chayri was gone. So the question is, can you now go to the Lekuchas? Could the Lekuchas say, at the time that we bought the property, there was Bnei Chayri. So maybe it was Paka the Shibud somehow. Or no, Lamaisa, it's true at the time there was, but now there isn't. And those Nechassim that you have are Meshubit. So that's the Shiloh. Ishtad of Bnei Chayri Maldi. Bnei Chayri Agan, they don't exist anymore. Maldi, Litrif Mimishabdi, Ken, the Malva, or the Isha, be going from the Meshubad, but not. Says, Zimara Tashma, I'll bring you a Raya from the Brisa that we just mentioned before. Kos of the Rishav Lechas Maloi, a husband sold a piece of property that was Meshubit, his wife's Ksuba, and she didn't sign it, meaning she didn't show us that she agrees with it. Then, she's, then he sold another piece of property to somebody else. And she did sign it. So what's the halacha? If the ksubas, devira meir. Meir says, if the ksubas, we don't say, nachas ruachas yizilabayli. So what's the gemara's kasha? If you're going to tell me, if you're going to tell me that when you lose the b'nei chayri, you could always go to the mishubadim. It's very nice that she cannot collect the ksuba from the second person. But she should be able to collect the ksuba from the first person. Meaning, if the ksubasa sounds like she's out, that she cannot collect the ksuba from anybody. The question is, why shouldn't she be able to collect the ksuba from the first person? The terrace would have to be because when they bought the field, there was another field. But now that the other field doesn't exist anymore because she agreed to relinquish her rights to that field. So from her purposes, that field doesn't exist. And now let's go back and collect from the first field. And it sounds like you can't do that. So it looks like she's out of business. No, it's, you have no raya. But maybe if it just means she can't collect the second field. Why can't she collect the second field? Because she was mad. 
maskim to the mechira, which means she gave up her rights. Ramey doesn't hold of nachas ruchas litzel but enochinami. Once she doesn't have the second field to collect from, she can go back and collect the first field. I'm a rava. Rava says shtei tshuvas, but I have two problems with that. Chod number one, the ivdol gamri mashma. Just tiktok. If this sounds like she loses everything, va'oytan you learn to the brayso a similar case, but there it's more mafurish. Love him and I echod. If somebody borrowed money from someone who machan of lishnayim and he had two pieces of property and he sold each piece of property to somebody else, the cost of balchoy v'lekech sheni and the balchoy who's the malva wrote to the lekech sheni didn't var mainly imach. I'm not going to collect from you. From He cannot collect from anybody. He can't collect from the lekech sheni because he was masalik himself to lekech sheni, and he can't collect from lekech rishon either. Although he was never masalik himself from the lekech rishon, because lekech rishon could always tell the malva inachti lachmakom likvaysim. And when I bought the field, I left over properties. So therefore, you had no reason at that point not to collect from him. I, but now those properties aren't around anymore. So what do you see from there? Clearly, that as long as the Lekeach left something, left over some B'nai Chayri at the time that he bought, the field that he bought, the Malva cannot go over to the Lekeach and collect. So it's a Mefurish Raya, then it would seem. The Brysa was a little bit unclear. But Rava said, although the Brysa is a little bit unclear, because you could always say, if the Legamri Mashma, however, if the Misheni, but not Mirishoid, but this Brysa is certainly clear. So either way, but the Gemara says you have no Raya. You have no Raya from this last Brysa of Lovim and Echad, and you would have no Raya from the Brysa of Kosav, Lerishon, Lechasmoloi, Lesheni, Vachasmoloi, even if Ivdok Tsubasa means only Misheni, not Mirishon, you'd have no Raya from there either, because Asam Iuda Afsa Nafshebiadan. Because in both of those cases, the Malfa, whether in the case of Ksuba, the woman is the is the proverbial Malva. Or in this case, you have a real Malva. The Malva is the one that caused the situation for herself or for him or for himself in the second Brisa. Why? Because they were the Masalat themselves. The woman wrote a Shtar Silok or she was masking to the Mechira. In the second case, she wrote a he wrote a star silok. So being that you yourself are the ones that caused that the Shunabrim Nechairi, that's why you can't go back and collect from the Meshubadim. But if it was a more classic case of Ishtadov Nechairi, there was a horror, some tsunami came and you lost the Nechairi, then maybe you would be able to go and collect from the Meshubadim. If you're the one who caused that there's no Nechairi, then you can't collect from the Meshubadim. But if it was Ishtadov, it wasn't something that you necessarily caused, then maybe the halacha would be different. So it's true, you see the svara of hinachti lochamakam ligvayis mimenu. However, that's not necessarily a raya to the previous halach. Again, you have a shaila of lekuchos that bought a field they left over bnei chayri. Now the bnei chayri are gone. Ishtadov can the malva go to the mishubadim and collect, or can they say hinachti lochamakam ligvayis mimenu? So the Gemara says, I don't even understand this whole shaila. It's ma'isim bechol yom. Now who gavin? I'll bring you a raya from a ma'isim. Not that this next story happened every day, but this is just an example of stories that happen every day. There was a man who owed somebody money. So they were trying to work out some sort of settlement. So he said, I have a field. I also owe you money. Take my field. Exhaust the payers for the next 10 years. And then afterwards, you'll give me the field back. But the point is, is the payers that you read over the next 10 years, that will constitute payment for the loan that we have outstanding between us. After five years, it stopped producing Paris. And he came to the Rabbanon, and he said, all right, listen, he only paid half the loan, because the deal was that over 10 years, he's going to pay the loan. You only use the payers, you only ate these payers for five years, he owes you another five years worth of payers, collect the money. He went to him, he didn't have anything. 
but he had had things at the time of the loan, so they allowed him, the Chachamim did, to be tired from the Lekuchos. So what's the Gemara's Kasha? Why are we allowing him to be tired from the Lekuchos? Why can't those Lekuchos say at the time that we bought the field, I thought this was all settled. There was Bnei Chayri. What was the Bnei Chayri? He was living on a field, and he was going to eat these payers for 10 years, and through eating those payers, that was going to constitute payment. So you see, it doesn't work that way. That, that's only true as long as it's Bnei Chayri. But if something happens to Bnei Chayri, like in this case, the Pardis stopped producing payers, so at that point, you can now go back to the Lekuchas. So it's Maise B'choyayim, and the Gemara says that this is not, this wasn't a one-time thing, Rav Yemer told Rav Asha, you know, in the courts, this is always going on. So you see, Mefurish, the idea that although the Meshubadim, the Lekuchah, is left over Bnei Chari, but if right now the Bnei Chari aren't here, you can't go back to them. So the Gemara says, here too there's a Sephara, there's an element of Pshia. Kivan Dabi Yadi, the Pardesa, Ovi, the Kish, Lo Yibayi Lohulim Mizben. The Lekuchahs were somewhat peshe over here because they knew that there's a good chance that this field will stop producing property, will stop producing payers, and therefore there's a good possibility that this Bnei Chayri will is transient. It's not going to be around much longer. And it's for that reason, being that they somehow knew that the Bnei Chayri wouldn't be around so long, that there's an element of Shia, you should have known, and you should have worked it out at the time that you bought it. And therefore you can't say, he meaning just like the Gemara said in Ahmed Aleph, there's a Svara of of Hosam Iu Da'afsid Nafsheni Yadayim, when the Malv is Mesalik himself from the Lekeach Sheni, now you can't go back to Lekeach Rishon. So too, when the Lekeach themselves were somewhat Pesheya, the Allah is he can't go back. So the Gemara is Daicha, which sounds like she knew you the a little bit, both Daichiks, but there are Svaras where you can't say there are all these different Rayas that we have that you don't say the Svara of Inachti Lechamok and Ligvois are maybe not Rayas for a more conventional, classical case of where there were Lekuchais and Ishtadif Bnei Chari. But what's the bottom line? What's the Alocha? The Hilcha said the Alocha is Ishtadif Bnei Chari Torfimim Mishabdi. The Alocha is, no, that you, when you buy a field, you have to know that there's a possibility that at any given time they're going to take the field from you. And even though at the time that you bought it, there were, no bnei ch- there were Bnei Chayri. It doesn't matter. But if something happens to those Bnei Chayri at a later date, they will have a right to collect it from you. That is the Allah Chalamaisa. Omer Abayo, Abayo said, Nichsilech, Vachareich Leponi. So the parak ends with a bank. Nichsilech, Vachareich Leponi. So somebody goes to his friend and he says, or to a woman, and he gives her a piece of property. This is yours, Benatono. After you die, I'm stipulating now that I want it to go to Pliny. So now it's going to belong to Rachel. And after Rachel dies, it's going to go to Shimon. And Rachel, in the interim, while she was still alive, got married. So the Allah is about Lekei The husband is considered Lekei This field that she now brought into her marriage is called Nechzimavuk. The husband has schusim in The takonas usha was that we look at the husband as a loikeach, but either way, bottom line, we look at the husband as a loikeach, and therefore, now the second person can't go and take it anymore. Meaning, although the person who gave the original noisei matana, 
stipulated. I'm giving to, to this woman only as long as she's locked. Once she dies, I want it to go to Lashani. But if in the interim she sold it, where'd she sell it? She got married, and we look at the husband as a lekeach, so now she sold it. Once she sold it, that knocks out the second piece of what he said of Acharaich Leploini, and therefore the Allah is, the Leploini is not going to get anything. Says the more, Keman, what's the precedence for this? This exact case, and you're the reason, in this case, he didn't get married, or maybe it was a him even, right? He didn't get married, or it, was she, it wasn't a she that got married, but he sold it conventionally. This Acharayach can go and take it from the Lukuch. Devi Rebbe. No. The Shani can't take it from the Lukuch. If it was something left over, he didn't sell everything, then you can take whatever was left over. But as far as what was sold, that not. So Abaya that said, He's going according to Rib Shimon ben Gamliel that says that if you would sell it, the Acharayach can't get anything. So to hear when she gets married, the husband is the lekeach, so it's as if she sold it. So therefore, ain't lacharayach. Afraid to give more. hachi. rasha arum. Who is a rasha? That's an also an arum. That's someone who gives people advice to do ripshim gamliels eitzah. Where somebody said nixi lach vacharach and someone says, you know what? You don't want that plenty to get it. Have an idea. Sell it. You'll get the money. Whatever. He had some sort of eitzah. Your children will yarshin the money. Whatever it was. Someone who gives an Eitzah to do Rav Shemun is a very bad person. He's a Rasha Arum. So how could I buy a Paschal like Rav Shemun Gamliel? Gamliel said, if you do it, you're a Rasha Arum. So the Gemara says, become a Tinase. Rabbi didn't say you should do it. He just said, this is Komar. That in the event that you did it, that's the way it's going to play out. Incidentally, whenever you talk about, is there Russia? So the, the word Russia has implications in Allah. For example, a Russia's Pasal Eidos. Al-Toshis Yotchem Russia Lias Eidchamos. We pass in that in Shulchan Aruch. That's Cheshem Mishma Simulam and It talks all about Pasal Eidos. And uh, Russia is somebody that is a Pasal Eidos. So a person like this, is he a Russia that's considered Pasal Eidos? For example, the Gemara says, if somebody lifts his hand, we learn it from Dasa Vaviram, and even if he doesn't hit him, he's Nikar Russia. That person's going to be Pasaladis as well. So sometimes you find a Zehu Russia, but he's not necessarily the Russia of the Torah. Something interesting. Another case where somebody gave a matana to a woman and said again, and she died, and she sold it, and then she died. The husband has a right to be the husband yarshins the nechzimilog. The takana susha was that not only does she yarshin the nechzimilog, but she even can take nechzimilog away from the lekuchos that she sold it to. So the Baal now has a right to go take it from the lekuchos. However, once the Baal takes it from the lekuchos, the person that was supposed to get it after the wife died, is going to be able to take it, not from the wife now, but from the husband, because the husband already took it. The loikeach, the person who bought it from the wife, is going to get it from the acharayach. You're going to have the chayzer chalila, and what are we going to do with this chayzer chalila? We're going to allow the loikeach to end up keeping it. So just before we explain it, why is this different than what we learned in our Mishnah? The chayzer is chalila, actually, in our Mishnah we had a case of chayzer chalila, and what happened to the chayzer chalila in our Mishnah? It just went in circles until they sat down and they made some sort of pshara. So how come over here don't we make a pshara? So the Gemara says, because Hasam over there, Islahu, Pseido Lekulu. In our Mishnah, everybody was losing out. Right, who were the, the characters in our Mishnah? You had two women 
both who had outstanding ksubas, and then there was a lekeach who bought the field from the husband. Everybody was out real money over here. These women have a real shtar chayiv of a ksuba that's owed to them, and there's lekeach who paid real money in order to buy the field from the husband. And the oilam is going to lose that over here. So if, depending on who gets it, someone else is going to lose. And being that everybody stands to lose something, it's for that reason, what do we do? We make up shara somehow, because we don't want anybody to lose out. But in this case over here, who are the players? You have the woman, well, she died, so you have the loikeach who bought the field, you have the husband who has a schus in the next look, so he wants it, and then you have the acharayach who was supposed to get it as a matana. The only person that's really, really losing out over here is the loikeach. I mean that he's the one that's only losing out. In the chayzer chalila, we end up giving it to the loikeach. The husband just had a schus Yerusha, and the acharayach had a schus to get a matana. But he never really lost anything. The husband's chus and achsamalok is viewed less as him losing something than is the woman who has an actual shtar chayv. It's different. I'm like a malva. I have a real shtar chayv. It's different. So meaning the only reason we said in our Mishnah the chayzer is chalila was because in our Mishnah everybody was going to lose. And it's for that reason but not every time you have a, a situation of Chazrus Khalila is that going to be Allah. But the Gemara asks another obvious question on Abaya. And Ravashi said, Ravashi said, Bayakunta said this, but Rabaya, it contradicts what Abaya said earlier. What Abaya said before, that if she got married before the Ploini got the Matana from her. Then we look at the Baal because of the Takana Susha as a Lekeach, and therefore he preempted the Achar Rayach, and the Achar Rayach is not going to get anything. So over here, this second Allah of Abayah doesn't make sense in light of that, because how do you have the whole Chayza Khalilo? Once she got married, right, she got married over here. Number one, she sold it, but even before she sold it, she was married. So once she was married, the husband is already the Lekeach Rish, and he already knocked out the Achar Rayach, so you shouldn't have the over there, Sitaka got married after he already made this stipulation of meaning she had been a Pnuya at the time. And being that she had been a, a Pnuya at the time, when the husband came and got married to her, we look at it as if he preempted this Acharayach. It's no difference than if she would have sold it, and therefore she would get it. However, here she was already married. What is he telling? Being that she's married at the time that he makes this stipulation, we say that he probably is mefurish, the noisim atona excluding the husband, and therefore the husband being a lekeach is not something that gets in the way. Just to finish the parak, the chain balchayv. So the Mishnah was discussing a case where the halacha says the Chalila. So the Mishnah says that there are two other examples where you'll have a situation that will be Chayzrus Chalila, meaning we're going to go in circles. One is Balchayv, and the other is Isha Balaschayv. Says the Gemara, what exactly are these two cases? Tana, there was a Brisa that elaborated on the Halacha, albeit very, very briefly, and said, Vechein Balchayv. Ushnei lekuchais, the chain isha balas chayiv ushnei lekuchais. So the Mishnah 
said v'chein balchayv b'lashik tzara, the Brisa added two words, v'chein balchayv u'shnei l'kuchas. So what exactly is balchayv u'shnei l'kuchas, and why is it v'chayv u'shkalilo? So I think it's good to see Rashi inside. It's the second to last Rashi in the parak. Ruvain noish v'shem in mana. Ruvain loaned Shimon a mana. A hundred zos. Ruvain's the malva, Shimon's the leva. V'loish te'sados, Shimon had two fields, and he sold the two fields to two people. Now, how much were the fields worth? Each one of these fields were worth 50 zuz. So Shimon owns Ruven 100 zuz. He has two fields that are each worth 50 zuz, and he sold them to two lakuches. Because of Balchayv, and Ruven the Malva, who's the Balchayv, wrote to the second lakuch, the one that bought the second field from Shimon for 50 zuz, see, look, he said, I'm not going to come after you. Although I have a right, because a chayv, you could be gaver from the chasim mishubadim, but I'm not going to come after you. So the halach is like this. The balchayv, the malva, Ruvain is allowed to take the field from the lekeach rishon. Because he was never mesalik himself from the lekeach rishon. He was only mesalik himself from the lekeach sheni. Now Rashi adds, The lekeach rishon can't say, Malva, why are you coming to me? I, when I bought my field, left over property for you to be able to collect. The property that the Lekech Sheni ended up buying. And the reason is, because the value of the property that the Lekech Rishon bought was 50 Zos. The value of the Lekech, that the property that the Lekech Sheni bought was, from the, was 50 Zos. Together, they equal the entire outstanding loan. But the point is, that when the Lekeach Rishon left over, he didn't leave over enough for the Malva to be able to collect his entire loan. He only left over enough for him to be able to collect half his loan, but not his entire loan. It's for that reason the Malva, Reuven, can take the field away from the Lekeach Rishon. Again, he wasn't Masalik himself from the Lekeach Rishon. The Lekeach Rishon doesn't have an argument of Hinachti Mokam Shetigva Heimenu. It's for that reason he takes the field away from the Lekeach Rishon. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. Now the Lekech Rishon is allowed to be Moitzi from the Sheni. And the reason is, Rashi doesn't explain it, but the Teresh of Apeh, which is obvious, is because when the Lekech Rishon bought the field from Shimon, the Loiva, he bought it by Achrayis. Achrayis basically said that if the field would ever be taken away from me, I would make you whole. Well, the field was just taken away from the Lekech Rishon. So now he goes back to Shimon. Shimon doesn't have any fields. He sold it to the Lekech Sheni. So Lekech Rishon can now be Moitzi from the Lekech Sheni because he bought Bach Reis. Now, as soon as Lekech Rishon takes the field from the Lekech Sheni, Ubalchayv Chayzeru Moitzi. Now the Balchayv goes back to Lekech Rishon and he says, I need that other field as well. So far, I only got half of my field paid for. Now I need the other half. Now from Shimon, he couldn't take, from the Lekech Sheni, he couldn't take it because he was Masalik himself from Lekech Sheni. But now the Lekech Rishon took it from the Lekech Sheni via the Achrayis. And from Lekech Rishon, it was never Masalik himself. So he can now go to Lekech Rishon and he can take it away. Now what happens as soon as the Malva takes it from the Lekech Rishon? For Lekech Sheni, Lekech Sheni is going to go over to him and he's going to say, one second, what are you doing with this field? I bought the field. Now you're going to say, I understand, but I, the Lekech Rishon took it away from you and I took it from Lekech Rishon. But the Lekech Sheni is going to tell the Malva, the Lekech Rishon had a right to take it away from me, but you didn't because you were Masalik yourself. So what's going to happen? The Lekech Sheni is going to take it. As soon as Lekech Sheni takes it, Lekech Rishon is going to take it from Lekech Sheni. The Malva is going to take it from Lekech Rishon. Lekech Sheni is going to take it back from the Malva. We're going to go in circles until finally they're going to have to make a Pshara. What's the last case of 
the Mishnah, the Chain Isha Balas Choiv Kuchais. So Rashi explains that this is essentially the same exact case as the Balchoiv Ushnelo Kuchais. Just in this case, the Balas Choiv, the Malva is not your conventional Malva, but it's a Ksubastiga Malva. The Malva over here is the Isha, and she had a Choiv for her Ksuba. And the husband had two fields, and the two fields together made up the value of the ksuba. And he went ahead and he sold both of them. And she was Masalik, her sell from the second one. So you have the same exact story of Chalila, just instead of having a balchayv, you can have an ishan. On that note, Hadrin Allah, Misha Hayyan